Welcome to the Sports Memory Podcast. We've got Derek today with JC and, and Marcus, and we're going to jump right into this. Some big news, uh, obviously, the Dak Prescott drama is over. He signs a deal, uh, four years, $160 million, with 126 up front. What do you guys think about that? Um, he got everything he wanted. Um, he he got the more money than his tag. Uh, he got the numbers he wanted. He got the length that he wanted. Um, and all he had to do was uh, lead a team to a below 500 record and shatter his ankle. Um, I, I hate it. I hate everything about it. I don't think he's the guy. Uh, it's going to be a highly unpopular opinion. Um, he's talented and, he, and he's earned his some dollars. But when we're talking about the second most dollars per year, you're going to tell me he's better than Deshaun Watson, guys? Anyone? No, he's, he's not. And it's, I mean, it's definitely right now it's high in money. We, we don't know where it's just trending as far as what the quarterback market is going to rebound to. Um, my big thing, though, is, is why this year versus before last season? Um, I, I just he came off a really strong season. I don't know why they didn't just get this deal done instead of applying the franchise tag. If you're going to sign this kind of money, they could have done that, you know, last year and not waited an extra year after an injury like this. It, it almost seems like this is a worse time to do it now versus it would have been a year ago. Yeah, they they messed up. Um, 100 from the front office standpoint, they just should have signed him last year. It's about time. I think he got, like you said, Derek, the market is the market. They're going to pay what they have to pay for him. It's just the right move for the franchise with the team that they have. You're not going to be able to replace him. You don't want to go through that learning process with a new quarterback for the next three to four years, uh, which I think is really more of a three-year contract with the fourth year. We'll see what happens if, where the team's at, but it's the right move for him. Yeah, that last year is not worth very much. It would be easy for them to walk away from it if, if it doesn't work out. Um, but I, I, I agree. I think he's a top probably 12 quarterback, definitely in the top half, and those guys just aren't out there. And if you move away from him, what do you pick? What do you go to? They don't have a pick high enough to get a meaningful player. The market, from a trade standpoint, is terrible. There's no free agents unless you like want to tie your hopes to you know Fitzpatrick at that point. Just play fucking Andy Dalton. Like it just, I think. Whoa, that- whoa, whoa! Do not degrade Fitzmagic <laughs> to Andy Dalton. Um, I, I think the real question here, when it comes to Dallas, is, is is Jerry Jones really seeing like the end of his life window? Is like is he getting soft? Because um, because norm, normally he won't bow down to things like this. Um, that's the right move. See, I disagree. I, I know I'm the unpopular opinion, and I've been huge on Dallas. Just, man, moving up, send them to Miami. Move back, take two, do something. Um, get up, get a young quarterback. Do whatever you got to do. Um, I, I just don't see the value there, especially right now, um, with the way the cap's, the cap's working. Uh, he, he's not worth it. I, I, I know he threw for a ton of yards. Uh, Two-to-one touchdown ratio, still not second best in the league. Um, and what I think a lot of people forget is a lot of, a lot of those yards, man, came against prevent defense. Um, so it's easy to pile up stats when people are trying not to give up the big plays, but they're happy to give up 18, 20 at a chunk at a time. Um, and then tighten down. The biggest thing that this does is highlights again, how bad that Zeke deal was. Yes. Uh, because it's okay to tie that money up in a quarterback. I mean, obviously Casey has even more tied up in Mahomes. But they don't have a Ezekiel Elliott deal sitting on their their you know, books right now. Yeah, and and that was that was another uh, strong deal for him. Um, I was always questionable about him coming out of Dallas, and you know I, I know he's had a few really good years, but let's be honest, man, it's it's Emmitt Smith style. That was an amazing offensive line, which is obviously deteriorating due to some uh, unforeseen injuries and uh, a few other things. 
Uh, Zeke, he's a talented running back, but he's still like a mid-upper tier guy. But you can't be paying well, yeah, people like that. As soon as he didn't have a historically good offensive unit in front of him, uh, he showed that he's you know he's he's a good running back. He's an above average running back, but he's not you know this explosive playmaker that you know he appeared to be the first year in the league. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, d- there's a lot of holes in Dallas, man. Um, it's gonna nice. To, it's gonna be nice to kind of see them. You know, hope I'm I'm assuming they're gonna. They're, they're so talented. Dallas is on paper. Like last year, they should have been a Super Bowl contender. But uh, it's going to be kind of fun making fun of Cowboys fans as they keep falling back to, uh, you know, 5-11, 6-10. <laughs> sure. Do you really think they're going to be 5-11, and 6-10 and this year? Uh, they have, they, got, they, have, they got so much to fill. Um, uh, Van Der the Esch defense is back. very bad. The defense is very bad. They have pieces, but they're paying big dollars. The Marcus Lawrence paying big dollars to him and – He's good, but he's not like he's not that good. You know, you have one one good year um, with a good support cast. You get your dollars, but if you're going to be paying people like that, like Aaron Donald, he, he got paid. He's still the elite, you know. And obviously, it's a gamble when you start paying that much money, that much guaranteed thing. So obviously, we'll see how it uh, fares for Dallas. But man, I, I I don't like it. I think there's a lot of too much media pressure, and they just old Jerry finally caved in, man. Sure. So they so obviously the the Cowboys uh, avoid tagging Dak for a second year. Obviously that comes at a, an expensive cost. Um, but there are some other teams that did apply franchise tags or, or kind of more interestingly chose not to apply franchise tags. Uh, we see Brandon Scherf get tagged for the second time. The Bucks decide to go ahead and, and secure Godwin, staying in the NFC South. Taylor Martin from Carolina. Which I, I, th- I think we should circle back to Scherf real quick. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's something when you talk about media pressure that kind of it kind of irks me, and um, you know he's had not like a great injury history past, but um, it's still been above average. Like he's been relatively healthy, so he played on the tag last year, first team All Pro, and then they go and he's, he's tagged again. And yeah. you're really, you're not hearing like it's not a media circus. No one's like blowing up on Twitter like how do you not pay that guy who's plays in right his guard. Prime? Yeah, I well, I, I get it, but but it, but it's not necessarily about the money. It's just about hey, he earned his dollars, pay him. But no, yeah. no, no one's no one's making a deal about it, and it's it's kind of weird. Like I, I think you you pay someone who's the best at their position. I, I definitely agree, but at the same time, like I mean, who's the backup quarterback for the let's pull random the the Cardinals? It's not. I think there's more. What's that? (laughs) Yeah, but my point is, I think there's more people who can name the backup quarterback from from most most teams in the league than the starting right guard for pretty much anybody but their team. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not sexy. You're you're completely correct. But when you talk about functionality and efficiency of the team, of course. Yeah, but. That, like it just gets blown up in the media. Everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, Dak deserves I, the money. Think, he's an average quarterback, but he's." I think a, I think a second year tag on a quarterback would be close to fifty million dollars. I think it, I think it would be up in the high forties. Where the second tag on a right guard is like eighteen million dollars. In- incorrect. Dak would have been thirty seven this year, so his contract is, is actually oh. yeah yeah his contract is worth annually more than. I would his assume. Tag I would assume to have been a little bit higher than that. Yeah, but uh, you know, I remember last year everyone blew, lost their mind when he got tagged. Um, and I guarantee. And I, I think uh, most people. I mean, they, you realize the importance of the quarterback position. That's a guy you want to make sure is under contract for a long period of time because that gives you stability. I, I think the average NFL fan thinks a right guard is completely replaceable. So yeah. I think it goes back to just the ignorance of the average NFL fan, and that's where the media storm comes from. I mean, 
ESPN and, and, and Fox and all them can beat on the drum and say, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And readers aren't going to click it on the headline because they don't even know who Brandon Scherf is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to, I think. Yeah. If, if, if he uh, has a compound fracture in his ankle this year, no one's going to be no pray, real pray, prayers for Brandon. No, nothing else so, about that will happen. So Carol, Carolina uh, tags Taylor Martin, which means they have two uh, players under contract right now as far as offensive line. Um, I have a buddy who's a Panthers fan. And previous to this, he's like, um, just, just so everybody knows, the Panthers only have one offensive lineman under contract for next year. And it was already a bad unit to begin with. <laughs> so it sounds like a cleaning house might not be a bad thing there, but now they have two out of, you know, most teams carry, you know, nine or 10 guys. So they decided to, to lock down their second one. Did, did any of the tags really surprise you? We see Allen Robinson and, and Godwin, two of the probably top three wide receivers that could have been available this offseason. They both stay put on the franchise tag. Um, did, did any of them really surprise you? Um, th- there's actually only one that surprises me, and it's not about the player. It's more of the team and, like, the money of not available, and that comes out of Marcus Williams in New Orleans. Um, well, I think there's still negative $60 million in the hole, um, so I'm just not sure how that works. Um and you think it'd be easy to go to a guy like that and be like, "Hey, we want to keep you around. You know, we'll do a, a short-term, you know, two-year deal or one-year deal or whatever the case may be at a lower rate, and then we'll make good on it." Like, yeah, I don't know why you're throwing franchise tag dollars out there. Yeah, all guaranteed yeah, money. Because correctly, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but I think the franchise tag per position goes like top five percent of like the. I think it takes the. It's like the average of like the top. Like five or eight earners or something like that is what five. The transition tag is top eight, I believe. Okay. okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. So, so that's the only one that kind of confused me. Um, sure. Obviously, Chicago wants to hold on to uh, Allen Robinson, even if it's just to uh, make some trades and stuff. Talented guy, but it, he's kind of, I won't, I won't say dying in Chicago, but he, he could be, you know, super more more productive elsewhere. Um, and then, uh, you know, when you look at like Leonard Williams, you, you have to tag him. The guy, the guy's just been, uh, he's been good. I, I don't want to say he's been a bust for his draft spot, but it's flirting with it, but he's still solid. So it, it's kind of like a catch 22 in that spot. Talented, uh, big physical. Um, but what was he drafted for? Four? Yeah, it was something yeah. like that. Four yeah, or six. Was, it was, it was, it was, that position. Like across the board, it's hard to find a really solid interior defensive lineman like that. So, like, depending on how Daniel Jones does this year and if that team is going to continue to move forward, if they're going to burn it down again, that's a guy you want to keep if you're going to keep moving forward. So, I, I kind of get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that makes, it's a hard position. It's a hard position for a rookie to contribute at. The learning curve on the interior defensive line is probably one of the steepest in the NFL. So if you got a guy, you know, hold on to him. And again, what what's into your defensive line tag money? It can't be that much. There aren't a lot of big earners. Even with Aaron Donald there, everybody else averages out probably pretty low. Um, so as far as people who weren't tagged, and this is where I think it's kind of more, a little more interesting. Uh, we see the Chargers move on from Hunter Henry. Uh, we see Bud Dupree. I'm kind of surprised. Again, it's kind of a New Orleans situation where they didn't have the cap. But we saw how bad that that defense, uh, that, that front seven, was it getting pressure when Bud Dupree goes down? I guess they think they're going to draft somebody to replace him or they're going to bring in a free agent because it just doesn't seem sensible to me to, to walk away from a guy like that. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been a big Bud fan, man. Um, and I honestly, I, I think it just comes down strictly to cap. Um, yeah. It, just super handicapped. Um, I know Juju's in there, but um, anyone with any type of common sense or anyone that follows Pittsburgh sports and uh, – 
the uh, the mad man or the mad genius, however he calls himself, Mark Madden. Uh, he freaking hates Juju. Um, he, he sometimes the money's just not going to be worth the headache. Uh, I wish Bud would be there. I love him, but uh, you, you just can't pay that much to someone that is. There's no. He's not going to play all season and um, and at sure. that level. Um, but he's a great player, man. Wish him the best. Um, truthfully, I'm surprised at how many tags there were. I guess um, and there's a lot of teams just tight on the cap. Um, you know, it's it's really it's just, there's gonna be a lot of free agents, man. A lot of guys are gonna be playing one year deals. We can't harp on it enough. Um, yeah. Where where are some guys that you you would like to see in certain locations? Like I, I look at Hunter Henry. I think that's a guy that's perfect for New England. Uh, it fits a need and and really fits a you know play style. I know there's already been rumors kind of linking those two. Looks like New England's going to let Joe Tooney walk. Uh, yep. Chris Carson's going to walk. Aaron Jones. So there's a couple running backs. I think Aaron Jones and, and Chris Carson are just kind of you know guys. Uh, I don't think that either one of them is anything. Aaron Jones probably a little bit better than Chris Carson and, and as far as availability as well. Um, but I just – how much of that product is the, the offense and the system and, and the fact that you have to respect you know Devontae Adams and everything else they can do so much yeah. that – you're willing to let Aaron Jones beat you, and he only does it you know, once or twice a year. Yeah, I think um, I, I love Aaron Jones, man. But yeah, replaceable. Um, I think yeah. the I think some of the smart ones are um, two players, Kenyon Drake and Johnny Smith. I think those were good non-tags, um, just because the, the dollars are so high. I think Johnny's had a good year and a half, but you just can't pay somebody on a on a whim. Um, unless you'd like need that piece. Uh, yeah. And I, Travis Kelsey driving that number up. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we're, you know, we're going back a few years to uh, Kirk cousins kind of getting his tags and, you know, playing under those tags one year at a time on back to back years, first quarterback to do so. But Washington was kind of handicapped and he was sufficient enough. And obviously you don't want to pay someone top dollar. You get handicapped based on the options that are there. Yep. Um, but you know, there's just a lot, a lot of names that are going to be coming out, man, and and there's only there's only half of the teams in the NFL that can actually afford those guys, for sure. So we, we see a few guys. So not only you know guys that we know will hit free agency or, or could hit free agency, some of those guys could get signed on other deals. They just chose not to to you know put a tag on them. Uh, some of the guys that did get re-signed, Levante David, two for twenty five. I think that's a great move. I think it shores up that linebacking group in, in, in Tampa, which is really the strength of, of that defense as far as what they were able to do uh, in this playoff run. Ty Montgomery to the Saints to me is kind of a weird one. So, I so weird. don't know what role or need he fills. Um, I can't think of anything that, that Ty Montgomery can do that Alvin Kamara doesn't do better. Very true. He, d- he does do a lot, though. He's a good special teams guy. He's a good – you can pretty much kind of plug him in anywhere. So he's a nice guy to have on the roster. But, yeah, I mean, he's not super meaningful at this standpoint. Again, I just – they don't have cap room. I don't know why, like, they're going on getting those guys. I don't know. It, it just it just kind of seems weird to me. Um, Justin Britt to the Texans. I don't think anything the Texans do is notable unless it's, you know, trading Deshaun Watson. Uh, they're kind of off my radar. I don't think they're going to threaten anybody in that division this year. Uh, but what I thought was kind of interesting is some of the releases. Dan Bailey getting released is not surprising at all. Um, the, the Vikings fans hate him, and that was a thing that was just. I'm actually surprised that he made it all season. I am too. I, there's a few points where I was like, okay, well, surely he's gone now, and nope, that wasn't the case. Um, but Malcolm Butler, 
kind of a, a fall from grace. Uh, you know, that really high peak, uh, come off his undrafted free agent year, goes and signs a good, de- you know, pretty sizable deal, and uh, he's a free agent now. It's something about New England going to different teams. Um, and, um, you know, when we're talking about the Titans here, I kind of do want to circle back real quick. Um, I really want to talk about Isaiah Wilson. Uh, obviously had a terrible rookie season, but how a, how good is it for the Dolphins? B, how much more does it kind of, um, I don't want to say solidified, but kind of like really aimed that they're drafting – for me specifically, Micah Parsons on defense, you're, you're getting a, a guard or a tackle that was drafted in the first round, has got some problems, and you gave up I, what I think it was a sixth rounder or seventh rounder next year for a seventh yeah. rounder this year. It yeah, was nothing, and, and, and you get a guy that was drafted in the first round. Um, figure it out, but physically, obviously, that's they people had to see the talent there. So you're talking about a potentially, um, um, it's almost like potentially reminiscent of uh, what the hell is the uh, what, what's the guy's name from um, Ole Miss that had the gas mask right before draft? Larry oh, Tunzel. Yeah, yeah, Tunzel, right? Um, you know, some some other issues, um, and obviously Isaiah had some on the field, but I think most of them stem off the field. And Miami's going to get a steal, man. And uh, and honestly, that Tunzel draft that they took him at thirteen, it's panned out for him. They're, they snagged a few first rounders from the Texans when they sent him over there. Um, and they've kind of built off of that gamble, if you will. Um, and this isn't a gamble. I think it's a huge move for him because uh, there's zero risk at all in the world. Yeah, those are good deals. And I was going to say that that's kind of one of those like Patriot type deals where you you take a guy you know off the bottom of somebody's roster, somebody's problem for for a very cheap return. And then, speaking of New England, they just did it themselves uh, today. So Trent Brown comes back to New England, kind of where he made his name after they got him for cheap from San Francisco. Signed a huge deal. Uh, They picked up a third rounder in compensation uh, from a compensatory pick when he signed that contract because it was something like, I think it was like $16 a year or $14 a year or something crazy. Uh, So they they send uh, a fifth to the Raiders, next year's fifth to the Raiders for Brown and next year's seventh. So talking, you know, round and a half, maybe two round move, uh, bring back Brown to you know solidify that def- the offensive line. And Brown seemed ecstatic. He, he, you know, he's on social media saying he much rather pay, he re- much rather be happy than than make a ton of money. He already restructured his contract to save some cap hit, uh, so that he moves back to New England, which I think is a good move for for them. Um, fuck New England. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of real teams over here, um, you know what I'd love to see? Uh, there's a lot of things I'd love to see in Pittsburgh that they never do, and it's there's nothing that's going to happen this year. It's never going to happen. Just hear me out. Hear me out. LaMarcus Joyner, uh, prove it deal, man. You know He's obviously had some hit injury history. Man, tell me you wouldn't love to see him playing strong safety under Minka because oh, I, I, I like him a lot. Um, I cannot stand Edmonds. He's a bum. So what happened to Yannick Ngakwe? Because I feel like he was just a stud. He was he looked unbeatable when he was when he was in Jacksonville. Gets traded, doesn't really do much, and now he is a free agent. I think he got traded twice last year, right, JC? Uh, I know he wanted out of Jacksonville really badly. Um, I he ended up in Minnesota, right? Yeah, and, and, and Baltimore, Minnesota, and then they moved, and that's right. But I yeah. think the pass rush is just really rough. Uh, it's kind of like a cornerback position to where like you can get hot, and get a couple picks, but it doesn't really indicative of like you being a great corner. Like, getting a couple yeah. of sacks isn't necessarily having a lot of success as a pass rusher. I know like 
Jadeveon Clowney kind of goes the other way with his pressures, overproduction in the sack department. So, I mean, maybe Yannick just got hot at, at some standpoint. I know he's got what they say is some, uh, you know, off the field issues, kind of, so to speak, character issues kind of thing. So, and he just wants a huge price tag as well. Yeah, nice. So, between him moving and, and Judon moving, that really opens some question marks on the defensive line uh, in Baltimore. Well, one thing we know about Baltimore, they have a good head coach, so they're going to they're gonna figure out what pieces need to go there. <laughs> Best coach in the division, right? Absolutely. Hands down. Um, so, so just real quick, if between the tag, non-tag, and re-signings, what to you individually um, do you, is the best move in your opinion? Like, 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 like what, what, what do you think was the best move that you saw, whether they were tagged, weren't tagged, or re-signed? I think probably tagging Godwin is, is what I'm looking at here. Either him or Allen Robinson. But I'm going to give the edge to Godwin for, for one reason. Tampa knows their windows now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, have to put, they have to push all their chips in, and you can't let a target, uh, uh, really a threat on the outside like that, walk um, at this point right now. So I, I think you know it shows that commitment. I'm sure there was conversations around Brady guaranteeing he had weapons while he was in Tampa for the rest of his career. Uh, they go out and make that move. That's not a guy you want to hit the market. If you can, you know, keep him off the market and, and kind of punt on on that big contract, it's probably in their best position and gives them the opportunity to reload and, and maybe go get a free agent. And I know they have a little bit of cap space, not a lot, but a little bit that they could go maybe snag you know one or two more guys to make an impact and try to defend that title. WJC, what's your favorite yeah. move? Uh, it's Allen Robinson, and, and it's just the team that I mean they've obviously made the playoffs. They are super dangerous with that defense, and it keeps them in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, which the more I think about it is not that crazy to me. I, I think that actually might happen uh, more so than I did last week, but we'll kind of see about that. But that's a move that they had to make to keep that team together before things get really bad. They had to keep that number one pass catcher there. And I, I am kind of curious to you guys just to throw a couple of questions out there. I'm looking at cap space, like the Jaguars, the Jets, the Patriots, the Colts, the Bengals, Washington – are all top in cap, and there are some huge names out there available, like Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Do you have guys any like predictions or an idea where these big names could potentially end up, and why they might be a good fit? So there was some smoke on New England being in on Godwin, uh, all the way to the point where like some of the beat writers were throwing out dollars. Uh, four uh, four year eighty four million was kind of the, the number being floated as is what they were willing to offer uh, Godwin. For Godwin, I, I don't. Or Godwin. No, Godwin. If if he made it to free agency, that was the 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 guy. Oh. That was one of the guys of him not getting franchise tagged, and if he became available, I think that they'll still be in on some of the other guys on on a Juju. He blocks. I mean, that's really a benefit in New England in that system. Uh, or a Galladay, obviously with Patricia moving back over and, and kind of being in a personnel scouting role. He knows what is there. Um, so if, if that's something that they'd be interested in, I definitely think they're in on at least one of a wide receiver or tight end, if not multiple. I think Hunter Henry makes a lot of sense. If Johnny Smith's affordable, I think he could make sense there. Um, I, I would like to see New England on, on one of those guys. You look at the running backs that hit the market, though, and, and I think they're, they might be the guys that kind of get squeezed in this offseason. We've talked about the amount of money that's going to probably happen right away, and then there's going to be a lull, and, and people can try to piece together – uh, what they can, and, and there's not going to be much money left. I think that's how those guys kind of land. Well, see, I, see, I think a lot of guys are going to get squeezed, and um, some of these teams, I think that have the cap this year, are really going to benefit 
only because a lot of teams don't have the cap. Um, I I absolutely see Indy snagging three or four of these names just on the board that we talked about. Uh, Will Fuller is an absolute possibility. Um, A flyer over the top because there's a good chance. I think I'm pretty sure that uh, T.Y. Hilton's contract is ending, um, and they need someone who could take the top off. Um, I think LaMarcus Joyner is a filler for Indy. Uh, I I think Indy is going to be a name that will be getting these guys at a discounted price. Um, I hope they don't try to overpay to make their splash because I think they can make their splash at a very affordable uh, price this year. But look for a couple couple of these guys to head that way. Um, Obviously, Cincy being – they have to feel like they're close, which they relatively are uh, with Burrow. Maybe, maybe a receiver. I'd be interested to see Juju head over there, something like that. But I don't think he's their fit. Um, but I think a guy like Leonard Floyd would be good over in Cincinnati. Um, but I think they're going to make a few moves. Um, no idea where Malcolm Butler goes. He's pretty much washed up. Yeah, Shaq Griffin's another one I'm kind of interested in. I think I think he has a couple years left. Uh, yeah. I think he can be serviceable. You know, two three from a corner standpoint. Not necessarily great in the slot, but you know, can be a really good outside guy for a team that's on the on the bubble there. And I think you're right. I think Indy tries to make some moves and, and, and snag a couple of these guys. Like they have the window, and they have more than a one year window with the contracts that they have. But um, we're talking, they could slide three, four names in there and still be well within the cap range uh, for sure. going forward. Um, it's going to be interesting. Indy's a fun team, you know. And I, earlier going into the off season. Um, I think I was pegging them as probably probably my three team. I you know, I love what the Chargers are doing. Obviously, I love what Miami is doing. And how do you not love what the Colts are doing? Yeah, I've, I've been fun with them last year, um, but you know that, that's going to be three to five teams in the AFC for sure. The only thing that sucks about India is they have a question mark at the one place you don't want a question mark. I disagree. I like it. You think so? Yeah, I, I I'm not out on Wentz yet at all. Sure. No, if they land Wentz, and I think the Wentz, if he if he performs, I think that that works. But it's, it's still a question mark, and his, yeah, well, his, his durability is still very much a question mark. It's definitely a question mark. But that offensive line and that defense, I mean, look at the numbers that Philip Rivers was able out, to is, is outrageous. Yeah, Absolutely. and and Philip Rivers didn't have to do anything, and obviously he didn't get hit and he couldn't move. Um, okay. I, I I I hate Wentz. I think he's a cunt. Um, and yeah. I, I hate I hate how he handled everything, but and and I'm not going to be shy about it. I can't stand someone that came out and say, "Oh, this is my team. I'll take the beating." You get benched, like, oh, I want out. I'm a little bitch. But the talent is there, and he's got the supporting cast. Uh, Dilford win the Super Bowl with this team, and uh, I think Wentz could definitely win the division. <laughs> I mean, Frank Reich's his guy, and that gets like. I would be more upset about Wentz last year if that wasn't his M.O. all the way through college as well. And Frank Reich's his guy, so I think they are going to write the ship. They need to throw some money. Maybe it will fuller. I think they need to throw some money at Kenny Galladay for sure. I think Joe Tooney needs to get some money thrown at him by Cincinnati. And I will I will guarantee you that Jadeveon Clowney is a Baltimore Raven next year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like it's, it. It's, it's kind of funny that um, we, we still haven't talked about much about Galladay today. And he was like a shoe in lock for the, the Lions to put their tag on. He doesn't um, want to be there. He didn't want to well, play the rest of the season now. Well, naturally, but I, I don't know what's going on in Detroit. But uh, you know, good for them. It, like every, you know, all the experts, everyone thinks, assume that Galladay had to get tagged. But you know, sometimes it's just. Better I want to see. 
I want to see Clowney in Baltimore. Remember that uh, that mess that Ray Lewis wore towards the end of his career? That was oh, just yeah. like, bars oh. everywhere. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that was actually like a really good era. I think there was like five or six straight years where the masks were actually evolving every year. More bars, more. De- it wasn't about the safety. It was about the design. Ch- Justin yeah. Tuck was one of the best innovators there. Oh yeah, Justin Tuck. It looked like a his looked like a, like a like a carnivore like predator's mouth like it was right? yeah oh yeah 14 bars in your face mask let me get 15 exactly no yeah, that was, that was... All, like all the bars there's everything except for the eyes and everything right. just... tiny tiny little eye slit and yeah. it was you know, the, the blacked out yeah. visor with the yeah, yeah. it's um, a great look i can see clowny rocking that in the purple yeah. oh man such a good out uniform oh man um yeah, do you guys have, does anyone have have anything else on free agents like the signings? It's been a it's been a it's more a more of eventful couple of days than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised at, at how much has happened in the last two days. I, I, we were kind of in a in a quiet period for you know a while there where there weren't even really many rumors and or there wasn't a lot of buzz about anything, and then all of a sudden, boom! It's you know they're not taking this guy. This guy's getting tagged. There's trades happening. There's free agents you know moving around. Uh, it, it's exciting, and you know, as we lead into the draft, you know, start seeing some of that that activity around the league. I'm astonished they're letting Hunter Henry go, and I hope that means like Donald Parham is going to be a thing. But I, I can't believe they're letting Hunter Henry go. They're- Apparently, they're really they're huge on him, and I mean, he has the physical skill set to be an absolute beast. I don't know uh, how you stop six. Hunter eight. Henry's had a few injuries though, right? Yeah. I think he had like a broken back. Twenty six. I mean, he's a very polished tight end. Like to let yeah. that go is. See, I thought he tore. I thought he tore his knee twice. He missed. A He's lot gonna be great in New England. Don't worry, guys. He's gonna be great <laughs> in oh man, we're gonna go out and get him, and it's gonna be great. Everybody's gonna be happy. They're gonna go he's get him and Juju. Football, Derek. Who is quarterback should, in New England next year? We should go out and get him and Juju, and then just roll. I don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. Honestly, I, I do. We're about. We're just about to talk to him. Uh, that's what, uh, before since we finished with the free agents. Let's, talk, let's uh, talk about let's, him. Not too. Let's him. talk. Let's let's talk some uh, draft news. <laughs> we don't. We don't have that kind of juice. Yeah, so we'll talk about some draft news. So what do you guys think? This is something I always want to brought up, and and I always had a kind of a strong position on this, but the more I've thought about it and the more you see things, how they are evolving in kind of this virtual world that we're in, what do you think about when guys make these huge surges up the draft board and there hasn't been another down of football played? I'm talking specifically, I've seen some people having Trey Lance as the number two quarterback in this draft. Uh, sliding up to what should be, you know, top two or three pick. So I like Trey Lance. Uh, He's my quarterback three. I think in terms of arm talent, athletic ability, in terms of upside, uh, he's right there at the top. I think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, obviously number one. Uh, But if you're talking between Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Mac Jones, the highest ceiling there for me is is Trey Lance. I think if you watch his film and kind of the, the tougher thing about it, some of his best throws are just drops by his wide receivers um, I, I like him a lot, so I'm kind of there. I don't know if he's a top five guy, but I think he's a very high upside guy. See, I I'm, I think I'm going to have the unpopular opinion again, man. I, I hate everything about Trey Lance. Um, he's got the tools. He's got the big arm. He's athletic. Um, but honestly, kind of reminds me of like Jamarcus Russell with less hype because of where he comes from. Terrible footwork. Um, it's, a simp- it's a simple one read. Um, every 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 highlight or every tape that you're watching, it's all off his back foot. He's got he's got the physical tools, but he's he's got to be coached and coached right to make some changes because he's it doesn't anything I've seen. He's not really doing the little things right. It's just God given gifts that 
has really put him above his competition in one double A or FCS or however you as labeled now. He has better footwork than Mac Jones, personally. He does have a hitch in his his throw, which gives me a little bit of concern, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like him. You know how you had really bad footwork coming out of college and went to a school where the competition wasn't that great, but relied on his physical attributes? Pat Mahomes. Now, I'm not saying he's – I think Pat, <laughs> Pat Mahomes is a generational guy. I think he, he has the skill set and is in the situation to you know possibly threaten being the best quarterback ever. Um, but I don't necessarily write off a guy that went to a shitty school having bad footwork because I think you can learn footwork. I don't yeah, think I- you can learn the arm talent that he has, uh, the mobility that he has. Uh, th- those are things that you know I- I'd rather see. And then you can learn – the hitch and the throw—that's tough. I mean, the, the throw, throwing motion is is hard to overcome, but footwork, purely footwork, I think I think you can train and work on it, that. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just more like a, a laziness, just because of the gifts that are there, instead of being able to drive, driving into it. But when you talk about everyone being faster, everyone doing film the right way, everyone doing film the same way, reading, reacting, um, there's a lot of question marks. Um, I struggle with him at three, but. Whatever number I put him at, I'm. I think JC and I both can agree that he's definitely head and shoulders above Zach Wilson, because uh, he, because because Zach Wilson's the worst quarterback mentioned in this draft, and it's just it's not crazy. Easy. So I I saw I can't I'm gonna go like look it up after this, but I saw a, a draft uh, mock draft or, or position ranking the other day. I think it was yesterday, and they had uh, Trevor Lawrence number one. They had. Uh, Trey Lance number two, Zach Wilson three, Mac Jones four, and Fields five, going like 18th overall. And I just looked at it immediately, and I was like, "I like, are we to that point in the draft where people are so bored they're just like making the craziest shit up?" Yes. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like when Andrew Luck got drafted. Like Trevor Lawrence has been quarterback Jesus since he's a freshman year. Like we're tired of talking about him. And Zach Wilson kind of came on this year. He has a cool headband. Like, I get it. He's, like, an above-average athletic white guy. Like, we love that stuff. So we want to talk about him. I just – I don't see it. No. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to be very in the camp that, like, why are these guys moving off the board? We haven't played more football. I get – you know, I understand that some of the, the, the hype and, and the mock draft and, and where – you know, we don't really get to know where teams are putting these guys. They're not talking about the draft. They're talking about their opponent on a week-to-week basis. So a lot of the rankings and mock drafts are what, you know, like Mel Kuyper and those kind of guys are doing. So one, take that with a grain of salt. Two, I don't think people are digesting as much. They're trying to keep up with the, the games that are actually happening. So I think a lot of it's shaped by, you know, so-and-so beat Texas Tech this week or so-and-so beat USC. And we're talking about, man, we're hyping him up because of the performance on the field. And then no one's really diving in looking at every single play. And then you stick two guys side-by-side side looking at every single play that they've ever played in a college setting and be like, wait a second, this guy's actually better than this guy from a mechanical standpoint. There's more raw talent here. So I, I get the surge up the board. It seems to only happen at, at like, skill positions, though. You don't ever see an offensive lineman shoot up the board because we start looking at this yeah. stuff. Yeah, the um, I think Quentin Nelson was the closest one, and he's, he's still barely slid in the top ten. Like 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 other than that, everyone's like, "Oh, this guy's going in there." So I'm going to pose a question to you. I, I know it's for most, it's too early to get in the draft, but uh, most of us talk about this and love everything about the draft. Um, so a question that Newman always asked me was like, "Well, clarify, who do you think this year?" will be the team that gives us the first, like, oh, shit moment. For example, a while back, Minnesota drafting Christian Ponder, everyone's like, oh, shit. 
for good or bad. Even Pittsburgh dropped trading up for Devin Bush. Oh shit, we're trading up. Um, or just Chicago trading up for and, and then grabbing Trubisky or pretty much the Raiders most years uh, when they yeah. draft a, uh, a third round receiver who runs a four two. What what team will it be this year that it's either a trade or it's just a, an unexpected pick that everyone's going to say, oh, shit, like, I can't I believe th- it. I think the Jets are in a prime position for that because we don't know what they're going to do with the quarterback position. Uh, we don't know if they're going to you know, deal Darnold. We don't know if they're going to keep him. They're in a position where if they keep him, they can either trade back to a quarterback needy team and, and recoup a lot of picks. They can go ahead and make a stab at you know one of those position players. Um, that that I think there's going to be a lot of really good value at non quarterbacks this year because from a talent standpoint, there's some guys who are, are almost generational players uh, that are going to be probably sliding out of the top ten just because I think there's going to be five quarterbacks taken in the top. So 10. So, the, so the Jets are going to be the team that you say, oh I like shit, to what they do. Yeah, because because if they go ahead and take a quarterback and they still have Darnold on the record on on, on the roster. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, what the fuck are they doing? Like, what's going on? If they take a position player, I think that'd be a little unexpected. Uh, and without, then always, without trading back, yeah. And then there's always the possibility they trade back, and then that's going to be no shit moment that they're involved in with whatever other team decides to go to drop the equity to, to move up that far. What do you got for me, JC? Yeah, I mean, there's there's those Zach Wilson to the Jets rumors, but I think that's very much contingent upon if they can trade Darnold ahead of time. I just can't see them doing that with him on the roster. Uh, but there are a couple of teams, like the Falcons, I mean, they're 4-12. and 12. Uh, What do they really want to do? Do they want to walk away from Matt Ryan at some point? Do they want to draft the successor? Uh, I think Detroit Lions, are they going to have to draft the quarterback? Is it going to be one that we like? Is it one that they like? And then uh, I don't know what the Washington football team is doing because they're not, they're not pursuing any quarterbacks. They have a ton of cap room. So they must be wanting to draft their guy. And if people start to come off the board early that we don't expect, they could probably move up and make a move on somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Trey Lance. I don't know if it's Mac Jones. But they have to have their eye on their future quarterback somewhere right now. Well, well Derek and I were actually talking about this. and I'm, I'm not sure if you heard, but Derek and I are both like all in on Deshaun Watson moving to Washington. Uh, Washington's got the pieces, and they've got the trade capital to make some moves to kind of accompany what Houston wants. Uh, I think I think Watson could be a great fit in Washington. Oh, I think, think about they it. Have to be doing it. I just don't think that they are. Brand new logo, brand new quarterback. You know what I mean? Just, uh, just get a nice ref- nice refresh on that whole terrible, terrible organization. <laughs> Fucking Snyder's an idiot. But uh, that, so that, that's the one thing. Like both Marcus and I were like, it almost makes so much sense that there's no way in hell Washington does it because they're a fucking just train wreck of an organization from Albert Hainsworth all the way through today. <laughs> Started actually back to Deion Sanders. Uh, they yeah. had a, signed him to a nice big ass contract. Sure. Got to love sure. Deion. Uh, so, so I, I know we talked a little bit about Trey. What do you think about him not running? He decided like he's, he's not going to run, run either. He want to make it about his arm. Yeah. I, I think it's smart. Um, and the point that he brought up is like you have you know the GPS data or whatever you know referring referring to the uh, like the AWS web services and all those next gen stats and we can tell now we have the the technology now to know exactly how fast the guy is on the field. My thing is like why do we run the forty at all anymore? Yeah, do you really care how fast the guy runs in basketball shorts and in a compression shirt? Like I just don't think that's completely. I don't think that's relevant to the game. Like you know how fast he runs on pads against competition in a live game. Like 
that's the data you want. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of getting to the point where I think it's almost like needs to be just a six, maybe a sixty-yard dash, but it but it doesn't need to be as hyped as it is. That's just like the your ten and twenty-yard splits are what's actually the, more. That's what's most like important. Cone. Hit me with the three cone. So the hit me with the three yeah. cone. I want to yeah, know how, yeah. how fast are you in this little box because straight line sprint speed. I, I mean, you have the next gen stats. You can pull the data. Yeah, Why don't you I, put them in pads. It's not that hard. Exactly. Right, right. just run it in pads. <laughs> <laughs> That's the NFL approved pads and helmets and uh, do these. Here you go. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like when everyone's doing the bench press. Like, honestly, I don't care what my punters bench in 225. Like, like a lot, a lot of these numbers are just more for show and they're actually not as functional as um, like, like when it translates to the football field. But, um, you know, it's just like the slam dunk contest, man. It gives you shit, but it looks cool and it, it gets all the fans hyped up, right? Yeah, I think it kind of fills the NFL offseason. They want to stay relevant year-round and, and stay. It's just something that I think had such importance and is, there was so much necessity to it to get all these teams together and get all the you know the players together and, and find some of these you know deep-cut guys that get invited to the combine from schools you've never heard of. But I, f- I feel like it's almost outlived its relevancy. Well, you know, it's actually a funny name just popped up to me. First, I was thinking about Dex McCluster, but um, you know, I think Percy Harvin ran a four-five-one, and uh, no one was catching his ass from behind because he was so quick and shifty. Yep. Um, so for the forties, I'm not. I'm not saying it's overrated because it does good. Obviously, it has a good gauge, but you see that on film. But um, it's it's it is there's nothing. There's nothing Daniel Jones did in his combine that would have suggested he ran the second fastest time on a football field last year. But yeah, like, yeah, like uh, <laughs> unless he would have fell at the end of that dash right before the goal line. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I think that that pretty well covers the NFL. Um, we kind of move into some other you know other sports, and I think this is kind of fitting because it's it's a kind of second tier sport in the U.S. that is that may have done something uh, to kind of push itself to a top tier sport relevancy. So just today, uh, there's an announcement that the ESPN uh, and NHL have come to a deal for seven years for a TV deal, kind of displacing the existing NBCSN sports uh, deal that they had for the last 10 years, which was, in my opinion, absolutely just it was it was bad for the sport. Um, NBC loved force feeding you the you know the Blackhawks and the Bruins, even when they were not relevant. Right. And especially the last few years when Chicago has been pretty bad and you still see them three, four five times a year on in primetime games. And for whatever reason, I think they need to leave that entire, obviously they have contracts with NBC, so you're not going to see the same people. And I think it's for the best because a lot of those guys are of the mindset that is, is detrimental to growing the game. Uh, they have definitely an original six bias. They have a, a large market, traditional hockey market bias. Uh, they aren't a big fan of, of, you know, the really good teams that are, that are in non-conventional, non-traditional uh, markets. You, you look at teams like like Tampa, like Nashville. Uh, they don't even think the Coyotes should exist, but, I mean, they're not necessarily wrong there. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the NHL expands to, to Vegas, and they're like, hmm, hockey in the desert? And then you can just hear, like, that tone to the way they cover games, and I think it, it stunts the growth of what is on the, the, you know, the, the playing field is, is one of the best sports there is. Um, you have to get it out there. Obviously, it's a taste that you have to acquire, but um, obviously just being able to see it consistently on ESPN instead of watching the same like highlights and same news and um, 
What was that sport that they played in, uh, over in India where they throw the ball? And, so cricket. Was that? cricket, yeah. It's like cricket. You, see more, you see more cricket on ESPN than you did NHL. Yeah, see, um, it's, it's a great sport. I, um, I started watching, I think, uh, freshman year of college. I fell in love with it. Um, something you learn, it's, but I think just exposure to other teams. Uh, truthfully, outside of the NFL, um, I, I watch more random hockey games than anything else. Uh, sorry, just football in general because – but it's everyone's got their taste, but it's a huge stepping stone because th- those guys don't get paid dog shit, and they're they're among some of the best athletes out there. Yeah, I think this yeah. is really exciting for me personally. We talked about like the quarterback market a little bit earlier. This is huge for the ice sports market. So if the NHL is going to get this deal, the best sport played on ice, which is curling, their next <laughs> next TV deal. Is yeah, there. Once upon a time, uh, JC, you and I were uh, drinking at the uh, the house in college, getting looking up how to join the U.S. curling team. I'm pretty sure it's never too late, Marcus. I think we're good. We still have I've, time. I've seen the Olympic curlers. Like, I don't think I don't think that's a sport where you like. Oh, I'm too old. Like, you know, if gymnastics, you have to start by the time you're like six. Like, I think we could pick up curling tomorrow and maybe make a run at this thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure Jared Allen's still making his push to make the Olympic team. Uh, what a stud! <laughs> It's huge for uh, huge for hockey, um, and hopefully, I think one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to uh, some of these sports outlets is uh, NHL is not even like in the top ten of sports. Like uh, some bunch of things that I've never even heard of, I just skip over it when I'm trying to find the NHL tab. But uh, hopefully, it'll move them up because um, it, it, will. Is, it, it deserves the recognition. It's a it's a yeah. fun, exciting sport. I, th- I think it will help. I think it, you know, obviously, guys like Butcher Gross are going to be fucking excited about it i'm all for more butcher grass um but i think it'll help and get it more front and center they have a more of a vested interest in pushing it because now they have the tv contract where if the tv contract's exclusive to a competitor i, I get that uh but sticking on the nhl and news did you see the the hit and discipline for tom wilson yes i did and as much as i'm gonna because i'm a penguins fan i'm supposed to hate tom wilson and ovi i i didn't see any issues with it man uh, I think it comes back to the name, uh, Tom Wilson. He didn't get penalized. It, honestly, it's very reminiscent of uh, James Harrison, you know, getting a sack. And obviously they would just throw a flag if he looked at the quarterback. But, yeah, he got the head and it looked high. But it, when you look when you look at it, he, and you look at it in slow motion, he got nothing but the head. But, man, he went to the side. I think it's just one of those, you know, collision plays that we see in the NFL all the time. It's unfortunate that it had to go that way, but I, th- I think the name caused more of the uh, fine and suspension. So I, I uh, another unpopular opinion, I disagree with the uh, the NHL here finding the uh, Caps player, Tom Wilson. I love that guy, man. I hate him, but I love him. I love, I love his style, man. So my issue with it is when you, when you look at the play, Carlo doesn't change his body position at all. Um, he, he's making a play on the puck. He obviously doesn't see Wilson coming until the last second, but doesn't change his body position. So Wilson knew what he was hitting. Wilson had the opportunity to hit his, you know, kind of hip, shoulder, rib area more, uh, and he chose to take the line that he took, which caused contact with only his head. And he's a guy that plays on the, you know, right on that on that that line. Uh, sometimes he crosses it, and like you said, from a name standpoint, Tom Wilson's to the point where he no longer gets the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. If he's on the line and crosses the line a little bit, hey, it's Tom Wilson. They're gonna they're they're gonna hit him hard, and he has to know that. And in in you know, I'm sure in retrospect, he didn't want to hurt the guy. Maybe he did. Who who the fuck knows? Yeah. But so see, to me, I think the high hit a, was him laying up. 
there's a better, more responsible line and position where he hits him on his hip and does the same damage that he's he's looking to do. Okay, I, I, I'll agree with that. Um, I think him just letting up. I think if he just went full force into the hip, I think him let, letting up kind of went into the head. But yeah, he, I, I don't, I don't mind the force. He glides in. I don't mind the force. I, I just think the line that he took, he knew he was flirting with the line, and, and this time he landed on the wrong side of it. And yeah. he's Tom Wilson, so he's gonna get fucking slammed every uh, single time. Yeah, which at the same time, I mean, there has to be a certain level of respect. Like you know, guys are taking some really careless. You have to be responsible for your for your own you know your own approach. And you see something similar uh, in, in the Tampa game. There was no supplementary. The guy got got two and five and kicked out. The guy game misconduct, but he takes kind of a similar approach and, and launches up through contact. I think he's just trying to make a hard hockey play. Uh, but again, he got caught right on the wrong side of the line. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a sport that I wish I would have been introduced to as, as at a younger age. Sure. Um, and I think it's something that if I obviously had physically participated in you definitely have like a more clear understanding at some points other than just like in a fan aspect um but um man what a fun sport good job espn good job tom wilson is clean <laughs> so I, I know less miles out of kansas it's probably not even worth mentioning that guy's a bum uh what a fun if you if you're not a less miles fan which i mean i don't know how many less miles fans are left uh it's been kind of exciting seeing his demise i i think he was a guy who kind of had a lot of ego about him. He was at the, uh, when he was at LSU. Um, I never thought he was as good as some of the people perceived him, and as much success as they had, I think it was mostly he recruited really well. But if you lose at the job at Kansas, I mean, hmm. where do you end up? You know, it's bad when Kansas is like, "No, fam, we don't want you." I think right. they went four wins in the last six years. Yeah, this isn't basketball. Like, if you lose the Kansas football position, like, where do you end up from there? No, I think it's pretty much the end. I, I really don't know much about the details. So I don't have too much to say about it. Um, um, I've always just got like a um, – and this is going to be a little bit different than some other like cases and scenarios, but I'm always a little weird and skeptical when things come out later on. He, I think he's more of like a unique position because it's not like he just came out of nowhere and became a big name and then all of a sudden something just popped up. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to um, – you know, say that he's right, but uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, uh, he's pretty much done with sports in general. Yeah. It's time for coach high school football. I think that's kind of, yeah, that, that was kind of my feeling is I, I think this is kind of it for him in college football, and I don't think college football is for the worse. Definitely not. So uh, anybody have any closing notes before we head out? Anything um, I, exciting? Oh. Um, Thing. No, nothing. Um, I'm playing some good golf, but um, Saturday, I think we will have a nice live stream gambling pod for everybody uh, sat- Saturday morning because I will be um, – I know Brandon's going to be back in town, and JC's got some uh, some numbers. He's ready, and I've got some hockey games, man. I've been betting hockey pretty hot, and uh, I will be back on Saturday morning for everybody. Any, any uh, final thoughts or hot tips from you, JC? Well, I got another guarantee. So we talked about where Les Miles is going. Uh, okay. He's going to be with Nick Saban next year. He's going to be an advisor to the Alabama Crimson Tide, just like Butch Jones was. And if you remember the name, that was the coach of the University of Tennessee, and they benched Alvin Kamara. So really disgraced coaches just end up as Nick Saban's advisors. So that's going to happen. See, I, I, 
I, that'd be interesting, but I just don't think that the way the the way media works out today, you can hire anyone that has any type of bad reputation. I think that uh, if, if if you've done well, but that's, that's drinking. But I think if you have anything when it comes to uh, like a sexual misconduct or um, See, I, hadn't even, I hadn't even heard that part yet. I, I just assumed it was because he was a terrible coach. I didn't no, even... it, it it was just uh, th- think Joe Paterno uh, not not investigating properly. Oh, um, not. Taking responsibility for the, yeah. the organization that you not, are leading. not not reporting things in the in different manners, but um, as we just saw with uh, other coaches that uh, Jacksonville hired and fired, um, you 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 have no second chance anymore. So, um, not not to uh, um, say that he was right in what he did. I kind of want to ask yeah. you guys a question if we have time. We do. Sure. Uh, so, a guy I'm having a troubled time with draft wise, Kenneth Gainwell. Where you guys at? Kenneth Gainwell? Yeah, out of Memphis. So he had a phenomenal freshman year. He can really do it to do everything. He was a, he's a star quarterback in high school. Uh, oh, oh you, you were just talking about him. As, he's in your top five RBs, right? Yeah, he's five. I put him behind Kylan Hill, but like he's just he's so athletic, but that profile doesn't often work in the NFL unless you're Christian McCaffrey, you're Alvin Kamara. But he just has so much potential. I, I have a hard time because he didn't play last year because four family members died. Uh, with COVID, so he opted out of the season. So I, one of those guys that you talked about, Derek, where they, we don't see the film for last year, I don't know where to put him, really. So my, my thing on him, I, I'm actually, this is a guy I'm actually familiar with, so this is, you know, I, I'm excited for this one. There's, there's kind of three things for me that hold him back. One, small school. Uh, I'm always a little suspicious of guys who don't play at, you know, power five, especially the running back position. I think it's hard for that position to translate. Especially not the quality. quarterback position. Yeah, when they get – when. I think quarterback's a little more isolated. Can you throw the ball or not? But when it's running back and you're talking about, you know, defensive line and, and blocking and making guys miss, I think it's easier to make bad guys miss. Um, obviously, it's not a hot take. The biggest thing, my biggest concern with him, though, is, is his size. I just don't like running backs under 200 pounds. Um, so 5'11", 190 worries me a little bit. I, I, it usually means 170. I think that's a generous 192. Yeah, he doesn't look exactly. He doesn't look like it's even 190. So I think McCaffrey's a great point, and now we're starting to see. So this last year is is this wear and tear that is going to plague McCaffrey the rest of the way? Is it because of his size, or is it just a one off? So I think he's kind of at a crossroads, and I think you see a guy in a similar situation. You know who he reminded me of? Because when you brought him up, um, I was reviewing some of your backs. Um, I think he's going to be the same round ish, maybe probably maybe around lower. Lynn Bowden, he moves like Lynn Bowden. Um, I think he has some of the versatility of him, um, and, and I, I think he he looks like him um, as far as the physical stature, uh, moves like him. But I think he can play some slot. Some, you know, I think he'll be versatile enough to do a little bit of both. But I think you'll see him moving into like the slot receiver style, um, and I think he'll be like a mid late pick. Yeah, I don't think he can be a feature, um, but I think for a team that can afford the luxury of a guy that can kind of just have a few plays installed for him and, and try to make an impact, I, I like him as a fit that way. But I don't think he has the size to be a feature back. I don't. I, I think McCaffrey is the bottom threshold when it comes to stature and, and guys that can run between the tackles. I like it. Thanks for listening. We, we kind of left some of the things off the slate as far as basketball and everything. We're going to leave some room for, for the other guys to, to jump on and cover that. Because uh, full transparency, if you're not aware yet, I don't really know anything about basketball. And Marcus is in the same boat. So we're going to leave that for the other guys. But we really appreciate you you sitting here and listening with us. And uh, until next week.